Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your goodness and your grace. Pray for your spirit to come and bless us and help us and encourage us. Ask you to anoint me, open our hearts, our eyes, open our ears and our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And be seated. So I want to talk uh, this morning, a little bit different topic. How's everybody feeling? We doing all right? I want to talk to you about um, a couple different things. Uh, I want to talk to you about... Let's just start out and say, let's talk about life. But let's talk about life looked at from a different perspective. So I did this in the first uh, <clears throat> service. I want to kind of try and do it again. There's a book that I read probably 20 years ago. The title of it is Flatland. Flatland. And it's a, it's a parable. It's a parabolic story that was designed to explain some of the breakthroughs that was happening in quantum physics with the understanding that there are, that we live in a multi-dimensional reality. Now I'm not, t- this is not spiritual or spooky or just something I came up with or made up. This is actual science. This is, okay? <clears throat> that there exist within our universe multiple dimensions of reality and dimensions that go beyond the 3D. Okay? <clears throat> well, so what? So, so how do we, how do we grasp what they're saying? Have you ever heard anybody refer to, they're calling the universe now the multiverse rather than the universe? Have you heard that terminology used? So the multiverse is simply a word that's used to reflect the fact that there are these other dimensions of reality. And I could take you several places in the scripture and show you where it talks about God creating all things visible and invisible, right? So Flatland was written to help the rest of us that don't understand the complexities of quantum physics to get our mind around what scientists are actually telling us today about the world that we live in. So the idea is, in this book, is that there's this world called Flatland that exists where there are only two dimensions. So we exist in three dimensions, right, of height, width, and depth, right? So if you're two-dimensional, you only have height and width. Depth would be the third dimension that would be added. But if if you're stuck in those two dimensions, you're flat. Got it? And the idea was, what if a third dimensional person or a person or a being that had access to those, the third dimension, what would that be like for people in Flatland? So, how many of you ever read a comic strip? How many of you ever opened up the paper and read the funnies? That's Flatland. Those characters all exist in two dimensions, right? So what would it be like if you were able, as a third dimensional being, you can see them, but they can't see you. What would it be like as a third dimensional being if you could go into the comic strip? So that's the premise of the book. Got it? So I did this illustration just to make it easier. I want to do it again. So Nick and Jeanette, if you'd join me up here. i got one on each side. So Nick and Jeanette exist in Flatland. They exist in the comic strip, right? So they exist only in 2D. So they, they can, we can look at each other like this. And that's it, right? That's all there is. That's all there is. But now I have access to the third dimension, but they don't. So what happens when I use my access to the third dimension and I do this? 
and they look. I disappeared, right? But did I disappear? Can I see them? Can I have access to them? Can they see me? Okay, what happens if I come over here and come back in? Right? But how does it, how do they perceive it? Do they perceive it as me moving in another dimension and just making movement around? Do they see it the same way? How do they perceive it? That I just disappeared and reappeared, right? So I could do it again. Hi guys. I'm back, right? But now watch this. How far back does this go? I can come back here. I can see the altar. I can see the picture, the keyboard, all this stuff. They don't have access to any of it. There's a whole world back here that they don't know exists. By the same token, what happens if I go this way? (sighs) Same thing, right? And there's all you wonderful people, beautiful people out here, and there's a whole world, and I can go out those doors, and there's another world that exists. Make sense? Thanks, guys. So that gives you an idea what happens to experience... When you add a dimension, all we did was add one dimension. So when we're talking about other dimensions, we can't, if you're in flatland, you can't relate to depth at all. You don't, you, you have no understanding of depth or movement in depth or what's, what's beyond the, the 2D. Right? So, I wanna ask you, then, what's beyond the 3D? What's beyond the 3D? <clears throat> because everything, if you, if you believe scripture, everything in scripture is the interaction. Watch this. Everything in scripture is the interaction or the story of interaction between those higher dimensions of reality and this third or lower dimensions of reality. Make sense? So this third dimension reality is governed by matter or by time and space, right? It's this time-space world. And so because you have a body, you're also in this time-space world. Your body was there to give you access and movement in the time-space world. But it also limits you if you become completely locked into it. Are you breathing? Now let me ask you this question. Where were you before you were born? (laughs) If you believe you have a soul, where was your soul before you were born? If you believe the scriptures, the scriptures say that God chose you before the foundation of the world. God showed up to Jeremiah, or the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet in Jeremiah chapter 1, and he said, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Not I thought about you, not I planned for you, not I predestined you, not I thought about you. I knew you. It's a relational term. I knew you as an other. Got it? So before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you, and I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Which means there was something that came out of the knowledge of God between, between the creator, if you will, and the soul, and that knowledge that built the foundation for the life 
that Jeremiah was supposed to express in 3D. But it wasn't until he connected with, because some people say time's the fourth dimension, so let's just say it wasn't until he connected with 5D. Because the word of the Lord had to come to him. Where did it come from? Okay, let, let, let's suppose I had Nick and Jeanette up here again, and let's suppose I stood back here, they can't see me, and suppose I said, Nick! What was that? Get it? Where did the word come from? So you cannot awaken a higher level consciousness unless you're contacted by a higher level of consciousness. How many of you believe that Albert Einstein said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result? Point in fact, he didn't actually say that. Not that they can find anywhere in recordings or writings. or It's like Abraham Lincoln said, don't believe everything you read on the Internet. (laughs) Here's what Einstein actually said. He said, you cannot solve a problem at the same level of thinking that created the problem. You cannot solve a problem with the same level of thinking that created the problem. So therefore, to solve the problem, you have to come from a higher place. Got it? So for your consciousness to expand beyond the three-dimensional world, it has to be contacted first by higher consciousness. That's why, that's why Jesus could say, no one comes to the Father unless the, or no one comes to me, I'm sorry, no one comes to me unless the Father draws them. Remember that? Because you can't just wake up on your own. You can't just ascend on your own. You can make changes to your life, but you're going to be making them out of the same level of thinking that caused the problem before. So then you're going to have a new set of problems. <laughs> Hello. Anybody ever tried to change your life and then think, oh, this isn't what I signed up for? <laughs> you know, <laughs> continual setbacks or whatever, right? So at some point, there comes contact from these higher dimensions. Got it? So here's my question. You existed as a soul here. Using the flatland example still, right? And you and the Creator had some kind of agreements, soul agreements, soul contracts, that then you came and were born in this three-dimensional world to fulfill. But now here's the hard part about it or the fun of it or whatever. You know, in, in Jewish thought, what they would say is, um, you know, you have the, uh, the bumps here at the bottom of your nose, the little <laughs> hills and valleys right there, whatever. <laughs> what they would say is that the angel that came with you to planet earth that they would put the contracts and everything that you had before when you came into the body and they would touch your lips like this and that's what left the impression because you weren't supposed to speak about it or know about it or in other words you forgot about it 
Part of the reason that you and I forget about it is because in the first few years of our life, everything that we receive is input from this dimension, right? Well, no, let me, let me rephrase that. Let me totally rephrase that. As a child, you're getting input from all the dimensions. I remember at two years old, Elijah, there was, of course, Colorado, you know, but beautiful blue sky. We had something planned that afternoon. <clears throat> there was nothing in the forecast weather-wise. And Elijah tells us we're not going to be able to, like, have our picnic today. And we said, why? He said, it's going to rain. Well, how do you know that? The birds told me. And sure enough, it came time for us to do whatever we were going to do. And the clouds rolled in and the rain came. I told you about how Josiah, when he was three years old or whatever, he was concerned about the wounded man in our, in our house that lived in our house. And he always, you know, came up with stories. But daddy, we got to help the wounded man that lives in our house. Like, and I'm just kind of, like, Josiah's a chatterbox. Like, like one of the things they gave us, like, when we became new parents was the hotline for, so you don't abuse your kids. No, really. Did you know there's a 1-800 number? To, to, like if you get to the, 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 the precipice of you're, you're about to do something you regret for the rest of your life, you can call a crisis line and say, I need you to help me before I kill my kids. Like that actually exists. And, of course, you know, you, you, you get into this thing kind of self-righteous. You say, oh, God, I would never, you know. And I just remember, because Josiah could be such a chatterbox. And I remember when he first started talking, and and every sentence began, began with, Daddy, did you know? Or, Daddy, you know what? Daddy, you know what? And, and I remember <clears throat> just starting out 8 o'clock in the morning, Daddy, you know what? Daddy, you know what? Daddy, you know what? And we had a hard time getting that kid to sleep. Right? Really hard time getting him to sleep. And so I just remember one night, it's like all day of this. And like 10 o'clock, Daddy, did you know? Daddy, did you know? And I'm just like, if that freaking kid (laughs) says, Daddy, did you know? One more time. And I'm like, where is that 1-800 number? I know I'm digging through papers. I know that number's somewhere. So he's going on about the wounded man in the in the in the in the house, and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm not I'm not listening because it's like all day long, right? Stories and different things. And then I catch, and I'm talking to Julie something, and he's still going, and I catch that he starts describing the wounds in the wounded man that he's bleeding it from his head, that he's bleeding from holes in his hands. Now we'd never talked about the crucifixion. We. We didn't have some of the paintings. I mean, like, he'd just never seen that before, right? So I'm listening to him, so I, I type in crucifix, and I show him, you know, pictures, Catholic pictures of this stuff, and, and I'm like, are the wounds like this? He's like, no, 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 no. Are they like that? He's talking about bleeding from the head and the back. <clears throat> and um, and so then finally, how many of you have heard of the stigmata? It's like it's a Catholic saints will manifest literally, physically in their body, the wounds of Christ. And so I googled stigmata and I found actual pictures of people who had the stigmata. And I said, does it look like this? And I showed him the picture of the stigmata. And all of a sudden he's like, that's exactly what it looks like. 
He says, we got to help him. Let me show you where he is. And so he grabs my hand. He takes me down into the room where I would spend every morning in meditation and prayer, talking to the Lord. And he said, the wounded man lives right down here. Just a couple months ago, we were coming home after a, I think it was after Wednesday night church, and um, Elijah had an encounter with a little girl in our yard. Scared him. Because she wasn't a physical entity. So, as a child, you come wide open with all this access. But you get it trained and conditioned out of you. That's just your imagination. That's just a bad dream. You're just making up a story. And so what happens? Oh, isn't that cute? He said the birds told him it was going to rain. What a coincidence. Oh, he must have read somewhere about Jesus or something and he's making it up. There was no little girl. There's no reason for you to be scared. There was no little girl. And this was a, this was an entity that was there to, to scare my son. And so he's scared. He comes in screaming, starts screaming outside and comes in, starts describing the experience to me. I have two choices. I can tell him that's just your imagination. It's not, or say it's not real. Don't worry. It's not real because I'm worried about the fear that he's experiencing. But then what's the message that I'm sending him? I'm completely invalidating his experience of those other dimensional realities and beings. Or I can say, it's okay, she can't hurt you, you're safe. Those other beings don't have access to the physical world like you and I do, because they don't have bodies. So at best they can scare you. Or at worst, I mean. Or I can condition them not to believe. So what happens is we become conditioned not to believe and we completely lose our connection with that. So then all we believe in is this three-dimensional world and all the input that we're getting out here and our entire thought process and consciousness is locked into time and space and locked up in the identity that you understand as yourself which is merely the byproduct of your experiences, thinking and feeling in this three-dimensional body. And quite possibly has nothing to do with the soul contracts and agreements that you made before you came. And so then life is a struggle because you're living life as this phantom. You're living life as this thing that is other than what you were created to be. Responding out of your emotional programming, responding out of your thoughts and feelings to everything that goes around you, and if we're honest, to a large degree being controlled by what goes around us because we're automatically responding to the same stimuli in the same ways all the time. And so in that sense, we do what Jesus said, we gain the world meaning the experience of this 3D reality, but we lose our soul. Not for eternity, but we just, we're not living from our soul. And so then life is just random. It's a random set of experiences. It's a random set of accidents. It appears random because it is. Because you have chosen a random experience because you are not honoring your soul and why you came in the first place. So 
so a lot of what happens to you is accident. You didn't attract it. You didn't cause it. You didn't, it's just the randomness of being trapped in an alternate version of reality. And so all spirituality then, all spirituality, is waking up out of that trance. Waking up out of that prison for the consciousness that says, this is all it is, and this is who you are, and this is how you are, and you can't change, and you can't experience anything beyond what you've experienced. And it's a crazy experience. And here's the thing. Nobody at this at this level can necessarily wake you up. The only one that can wake you up and help you ascend... It, it, um, let me slow down. The only way you can wake up and ascend is if, you're contact, if you receive contact or input from someone or something else that is more awakened and ascended than you are. Otherwise, we're just participating in group consensus agreements. Group consensus consciousness. That's what happens when you join a church. This is what our church believes. So one of the things I decided I got to change our our websites because we have our statement of faith. And so it's like, this is what we believe. If you believe like us, you can be part of our group. And that's what we keep doing and keep perpetuating. And then God forbid you come in with questions. God forbid you choose to live life differently than somebody else in the group. If you choose to break with that group consensus, if you if you choose to break with the contracts that we all have with each other about how things work, then, oh my God, we, we, we judge you. And when we judge you, what do we do? We separate ourselves from you. Because we're just responding out of our emotional and mental conditioning. And we have a vested interest in protecting the group consensus. And so, and so, what's the group consensus in Flatland? And then all of a sudden, Aaron appears, and then disappears, and they're looking at each other like, did you see that? No, I don't know, I thought I saw something flash. Ah. Because you have to maintain the agreements of Flatland. And so your religious structures, your social structures, your political structures, all your systems then become built on a set of agreements that the society has made that's completely lost touch with those higher dimensions of reality. But there are these whole other worlds out there that you don't know anything about. And then someone else comes from 3D world, steps back into Flatland and says, Hey, did you know there's cool stuff out there? Nah, that doesn't exist. You can't prove that scientifically. Wait. Didn't Einstein say you can't solve a problem with the same level of thinking that started the problem? And proving something scientifically, scientific proof, only functions according to the laws of the 3D world. By its very definition, it has to be observe, observable, and repeatable in a laboratory. Which means we can only understand phenomena that is limited to three dimensions. Anything that goes beyond the three dimensions, we cannot understand. That is, until they started going into the minutia and looking at quantum physics, and all of a sudden, now, they can begin to try to understand reality in these other realms. 
To someone in Flatland, if someone in 3D world steps in, then steps out, then moves over here, and steps back in, it looks like magic. It's not magic. It's access. Okay, so here's my premise. You came from another place. You got trapped into here, right? But here's the other thing. You came with something important. You came with a soul contract, and you did not come alone. You came with support, and you came with help from the other realms. Which is why in Scripture, for those of you that need Scripture, Hebrews 12 says, we have come to Mount Zion. Here's what it's, Go read Hebrews 12. Here's what, here's what the writer of Hebrews says. We have not come to a mountain that can be touched. That is to say, the part of this physical reality. But we have come to Mount Zion, which is a metaphor, not a reality, not a physical reality. We have come to Mount Zion, not you will get there someday when you die. We have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, to an innumerable company of angels, to the spirits of just people made perfect. Oh my God, you can't have dead people. Surely if a dead person contacts you as a Christian, that's, that's, that's some kind of... Is that necromancy or is that the other thing? Huh? Anyway, that's spiritualism. That's contacting the dead. Right? That's forbidden. But it's in your Bible. You have come to the spirits of just people made perfect. Then he goes on a few verses later and says, You are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And because he talked about Moses, and he talked about Elijah, and he talked about Samson, he talked about all those, and he says, You are now surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, and the idea is, is that they're in an arena watching you run your race and cheering you on. And we think, okay, the only ones then that even, even if a Christian would allow themselves to think that they're surrounded by a cloud of witness, they're, they're so confused, they think they have to be Jewish. Because they don't, are Bible characters. Because they don't understand that the writer is writing to Hebrews and what he's saying is you're surrounded by your ancestors. Hello? Some of you know what I'm talking about because you grew up in a Catholic faith where your understanding of the spiritual world was populated by benevolent beings. Angels, archangels, and saints. And we look at that as Protestants and we say, oh, that's all idolatry, that's all... When you don't realize, go back, study your creeds. The very first creed in the church, we believe God the Father, maker of heaven and earth, right? Goes down through the list. You know what else is in there? We believe in the communion of the saints. Are they talking about this? We're gonna, we're gonna eat the bread and drink the cup. Is that what they're talking about? No. You know what they're talking about? The common union of the saints. Those that have gone on and those that are down here have a common union. Have a communion, have a fellowship. So why Paul could say, I pray to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ from whom the whole family, both in heaven, So why is it strange for us to think about our ancestors? Oh my God, oh, 
those are all. So, so, so if you grew up Catholic, you had a, you had a spiritual world that's populated by benevolent beings. If you grew up Pentecostal or evangelical, all you know about is the powers of darkness. All you know is Ephesians 6.12 and Frank Peretti. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And so your spirit world is populated with darkness. So anybody that has contact from a higher being, higher dimensional entity, oh, that could, brother, that could be an angel of light. You gotta be careful. Brother, you better be careful. You're gonna be deceived by that. Brother, you might be led astray. Alright, let me, let's do it this. If you wanna be that structured in the Bible, then you know in the book of Revelation, only one third of the angels rebelled with Lucifer. So for every creep in the spirit world that's trying to deceive you, there's two that are trying to help you. <laughs> so it's at the very least two against one. So why are you afraid? Hey. So here's my point. So what if, what if this is true? What if you came with a soul contract? With a, with, with things inside you that you were meant to fulfill and do in life? And what if you have a spiritual team? Not just Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I mean, we live in a, a three-person town. Spiritually. You got three people. You got three neighbors. There's you. There's the Father, there's the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I can hear somebody getting really self-righteous. Well, that's enough, brother. That's all we need, brother. But what if that's not all you need? And what if that's not all there is? And what if God isn't your personal servant that you just order around in prayer to do everything you think He ought to be doing to straighten out the world and straighten out your kids and your spouse and Trump or Obama or... Whoever. So what if you have angels? What if you have ancestors? What if you have, dare I say it, spirit guides? And their sole purpose is to help you unlock the reality of who you are. And they're actually coming from higher density, higher vibrational, and higher dimensional realities to help lift you up. And what if you're supposed to have contact with them? What if they're trying to make contact with you, but they can't because you grew up believing that it was all demonic out there and you were all going to be deceived because there's this big end time? I mean, dear Lord Jesus. You know, I have friends in the, in the Bible Belt that I, I remember I posted a, a thing, what's the main tenet of Christianity? And somebody like put on there the rapture. And I'm like, I'm so disconnected from that world. Like, I haven't believed in the rapture for 25 years. And every time they come out with a book saying, this is it, I stand up and say they're liars and false prophets. True? And every time what happens? Their books end up on the bargain table, 
and the world changes, and then they got to reinvent themselves. But here's the amazing thing. They write a different book, and the same dumb people that bought it before buy it again. And they'll look at you and say, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice. Fool me 19 times, and I'll keep buying it, because we, we just, no, brother, we're just living in the end times. We're just living in the end times, brothers. We survive on beans and rice in Jesus Christ. Because it's going to get hard, so we got to have our stockpile of beans and rice, and we got to have Jesus, and that's what we survive on. And that's our vision of the future. That's what we believe is going to happen, because that's what we've been told, because that's what the Bible says. The Bible does not say that. <laughs> Nowhere. How did I get off on that mess? Oh, yeah, because here's what's going to happen the end times. We know, brother, there's going to be this big falling away. There's going to be this falling away where everybody falls away from the faith. People are going to turn away from the faith and give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of demons. And so we're just waiting for it to happen. So the first person that breaks with the group consensus, we say, this is it. This is part of that end time deception that we've been waiting on for 50 freaking years like a peace treaty in Israel. And so we're waiting for it because we just know the next thing that happens in the Middle East is going to be a peace treaty with the Antichrist that's going to rule the world. Good luck with that. You really believe with 7 billion people on the planet that can't agree on nothing? you got churches that can't agree on the color of the carpet. you got families that can't agree on what they're going to have for dinner. And you think all of a sudden they're just going to make one person king. Good luck with that. You're living... I don't know what world... I don't know what dimensional reality you're living in. But you're crazy. But it's, a, it's part of that system of control that you can't deviate from the group consensus. You can't deviate from what we believe. Because we need you to believe like us in order for us to survive. But here's the thing. When you get a knock on your door from a higher dimensional being, a higher dimensional reality, when you start trying to access it on purpose, see, Jesus said, knock and the door will be open to you. What door? What door? So when you start asking for that, when you start engaging those realms, you start engaging those realities, or they engage you, then you eventually meet an entity, beings, part of your spiritual team that came to help you to manifest the reason you came in the first place. And one of the first things they're going to start doing is telling you how messed up you got it. Listen, if all they're telling you is how wonderful you are, and how perfect you are, and how great you are, and how you're going to do all this stuff, you you got a shyster. Listen, I'm sorry, not everybody in this earthly plane has your best interests at heart. You can't trust everybody. There's people who want to sell you a bill of goods, right? But you, but you gotta be wise enough to recognize, and you gotta trust your own intuition. Yeah, come on. How many of you ever got into a bad business deal, a bad relationship, a bad friendship, and you knew at the beginning, cause something in your spirit, something in your gut just didn't feel right, and you say, I, I went against that, and I wish I hadn't gone against that, and if I would have listened to that, everything would be better. Can I raise both hands and a foot? So you learn from that, right? Did it destroy your life? No. Did it take you to hell? No. Right? 
So, okay, so if you have an entity out there that's telling you, oh, you're just, you're just, people just don't appreciate you, all that stuff, be wary. You have another entity out there telling you you're just a piece of crap. You just suck. You've totally blown it. There's no recovery for you. Then don't commune with that. The communion of the saints. You're supposed to be communing with higher dimensional frequencies and higher dimensional entities and higher dimensional realities. It's one of the core foundations. It's one of the cores of the faith. If I stood up here, if you as a Christian, if I stood up here and said, there is no Trinity, there is no Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and y'all are crazy. Would you easily accept that? If I said, Jesus Christ didn't exist, He wasn't God manifest in the flesh, He didn't do anything for your sins. Would you easily accept that? Why would you not? Because those are cardinal doctrines of the faith that were spelled out for us in the early centuries of Christianity. But can I tell you, in that same article of faith that gave you... Because you, can, you can't find a Trinity in here. Don't tell me you can, because you can't. You didn't get the idea of the Trinity from the Bible. You got the idea of the Trinity from the church, which established doctrine. And I hate to tell you this, the creed was the standard of the faith, not the Bible. The Bible was given to support the creed. The creed was not given to support the Bible. You need to study your history. But if I say, you know, that's not true. But here's the thing. We have allowed people to take a cardinal doctrine of the faith, the communion of the saints, and take it away from us and make us afraid of making connection with our spiritual team that came to help us so we could open up our soul contracts and live the life that we were meant to live. Oh, brother, you can't trust your experience. you got to trust the Word of God. What's the Word of God, brother? It's right here. I believe it. Brother, I believe it from Genesis to maps. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. And then the church down the road, they heard you say that. That preacher heard you say that. And he says, you know, there's people that say, God said it. I believe it. That settles it. And I'm here to tell you today that it's not like that at all. No, 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 sir. God said it. That settles it. I believe it. So you got to believe the Word of God over your own experience. But here's the problem. You know what's in this book? A bunch of people's experiences that they had with higher dimensional realities. God, angels, saints. Jesus talked to two dead people. On the Mount of Transfiguration, we got a picture of it right out there. Moses and Elijah. They didn't exist in this world anymore. And he talked to them. Was he practicing divination or whatever that thing's called? Was he? If you have a problem talking to a dead person, you're not a Christian. Because Jesus was a human being who died. (laughs) And went where you can't see him. And you pray to him every day. Is that worshiping the dead? Is that that? Oh no, but he's alive, brother. Well, apparently so was Elijah and Moses. 
So this is everybody else's experiences of that realm. But we're told you can't trust your experience. So you know what you're actually being told? Don't trust your experience at all. Trust somebody else's. Don't trust your experience at all. Trust somebody else that you never met. Because I never met the Apostle Paul. And unless you believe in the literal resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, you cannot be saved. Read 1 Corinthians 15. Jesus appeared to the twelve and five hundred. That means there's five hundred and twelve people that had an experience that you're told you have to believe in above your own experience in order to be saved. I never met him. Can't trust your experience, gotta trust the word. Oh, so what you're telling me is I have to trust somebody else's experience. Really what they're telling you is you have to take my word for it and think like me and don't get outside the box. And if you get outside the box, then you're in danger to us. That's really what's going on. I'm telling you that you came here for a purpose and a destiny. I'm telling you, you came here for a unique expression of of the divine reality inside you that was meant to be lived in time and space, meant to be experienced in time and space, so that you could grow and evolve and develop and manifest those things that you agreed to do before you even came here. Whether you want to believe it or not, no matter how bad your life has sucked, I got news for you, you signed up for it. You signed up for it ahead of time. I don't know, maybe heaven has their own, maybe there's a group of human beings that they have their own armed services recruiters. And they show you the love boat. And exotic destinations, like Hawaii. And they say, join the Navy. And your butt ends up in a submarine stationed in Antarctica or someplace. But you signed up for it. (laughs) <laughs> right? <laughs> Got it? You, 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 you signed up for it. And all that stuff's still in you. But it's, it's higher dimensional frequencies. All those frequencies, all that stuff is in you, but it has to be activated through contact with higher dimensional entities. Yeah. Father, Son, and Spirit, and whoever else He sends to help you. <laughs> And you can have discernment. You can have discernment in those realms. So how do they, how do they, okay, so are you with me? So last thing. How do they make contact? See, if I'm over here, the, the reality is that what you call, let's just make it very simple. What you call your imagination. Some of what you call your thoughts. Some of what you call your feelings. Are merely the vehicle for which or by which, the vehicle by which you contact those other higher dimensions.
said, well, I'm just making it up in my head. Yes. Absolutely. You are constructing a frequency and a language. You could look at it this way. You're, how many of you ever played the telephone game with the cups? Kids don't do that, or the cans and the string. So if, 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 I, if I may, imagination, feelings, thoughts that are what that we perceive as being inner because they're not coming from out here. You're tracking with me. Is how you build the telephone. Well, I saw myself in a garden, but I made it up my head. Good. You're constructing a connection. I imagine Jesus in my mind, but I imagine him as this blonde, blue-eyed, white guy. Because in the Methodist church, and Methodist Bible, and practically every Bible ever made, has Jesus as a white European. Right? So that's in my subconscious when I go to access it. And here's how we do. Well, Jesus showed up, but I don't know, man. He was, he was blonde and blue-eyed in my imagination. And I know he's Middle Eastern, and so we try to morph him. Now, that can't be Jesus. <laughs> so stupid. The, the map is not the territory. The symbol is not the reality. The message is not the entity itself. It's merely the vehicle through which that message can come. Got it? And as you begin to engage, you're going to find angels. You're going to find all kinds of creatures and things showing up in your mind and in your imagination. That's real prayer, by the way. Real prayer is not, you know, it's not communion. Let's put it that way. Real communion happens in the theater of the imagination. It happens in the realm of meditation. It happens in an altered state of consciousness that you yourself can activate. So what happens? So there are basically two frequencies. Can I give you the two frequencies? There's two vibrations. of There are two levels of entities. Three, let's say. Three levels. But there's two principles. Service to self... And service to others. Higher vibrational frequencies will be about service to others. Lower vibrational frequencies will be about service to self. Plain and simple. Because whatever you signed up for, you didn't sign up for this just to consume it all on yourself. You signed up for this so that you could give expression to the love of God and somehow offer what is the unique thing that you have to offer in service to others. And so here's what happens. When you contact these your spiritual team, you will begin to get in touch with the very vibrations and frequencies, not of your preconditioned mental and emotional thinking, but of your actual soul. Things will start to open up, desires Uh, all, all this stuff will begin to open up inside you. And if you honor it, here's what will happen. Synchronicities will start happening in your life. Synchronicities will start happening. If you start honoring, if you say, Lord, I need someone to teach me and help me, and, 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 and it's a path and a direction that you want to go, and that's a desire of yours, and you begin to honor it, guess what? The, t- the teacher will start to show up. There's a Chinese proverb that says, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And they just show up, and it's like, oh, wow, I'm learning this. And then they show up over here, oh, I'm learning this. What is that? Synchronicities. 
Maybe you chose the wrong career path. If you can have the courage to get out of the career path that you're in, with wisdom, mind you, but get out of the career path that you're in and go towards the career path that is part of your soul code, money's going to start showing up. Opportunities are going to start showing up. Doors are going to start opening for you. Stuff will start to just come to you. The reason life doesn't happen with ease is because you are completely disconnected from your soul. You are completely disconnected from those higher dimensional realities. And you're trying to force your life to work based on what you think you want and need from a self that is not in contact with your higher self. But when you get in contact with that higher self, when you get in contact with your soul, when you get in contact with your spiritual team, then the genuine article begins to show up inside you. Your genuine self begins to start to manifest itself. And when that, when you begin to let that out, when you begin to align your life with your genuine self, then life begins to hand you synchronicities and it's no longer the struggle that it was and it's no longer the difficulty that it was because your whole reality can begin to shift when you get in touch listen i don't care how old you are i don't care how much you've messed up i don't care what's going on and what kind of mistakes you've made if you're still here if you're still breathing then there is still a reason for it you still have something to learn you still have something to experience you still have something to grow from and you still have something to accomplish and to give to the world and don't devalue it and don't undervalue it and don't say i wish this would have happened 20 years ago i wish this had happened 10 years ago i wish this happened 50 years ago you are right on time and if you will awaken you can shift your reality from the inside out you can absolutely change your life and things can begin to show up in your life and God can redeem the time and you can accomplish more in less time than you ever thought possible there's a promise in the book of Joel where God says I will restore to you the years of harvest that the locust and the canker worm has eaten it's not a promise of just a abundance coming into your life God says I'm going to redeem the time and everything that was wasted I'm going to somehow I am going to do more in less time I'm going to accelerate things for you things are going to synchronicities and connections are going to happen for you faster than they've ever happened before Because you woke up to who you were and you had the courage to say, maybe there is something outside of flat land. Maybe there is something outside of this two-dimensional reality. Maybe I can make something of life that is different. Maybe I can hand off a legacy that's going to be totally different. But you can't just do that because you decided you got excited and pumped up in church and said, yeah, I'm going to go out and change my life. Yeah. You have to have contact with your soul. You have to have contact with your spiritual team. You have to have communion of the saints. You have to have angels that are sending you messages and, and, and that become your friends and become your support as you're walking through life. If you have that, life will become so much easier for you. If you don't have that, go beat your head against that wall some more. Because that's what you're going to do. So what do you do? You sit down and you just begin to say to yourself, you do it like this. What if I pretend that this is real? What if I just remember what it's like to be a child and I pretend that I have imaginary friends? I pretend that I have a spiritual team around me. And I start talking to them by faith. 
and I start asking for intervention and contact. Because listen, if the higher dimensional realities are about service to others. Last thing. So Eli and Josiah got these like uh, Lego things. And Eli, the big brother, right? And Josiah's sitting there trying to put his Legos together. And Eli will get it quicker. And he loves to just take it away from his brother and say, let me show you. And what does his brother do? Eli! And he it socks him. And what, is he, what does Eli say? What? I'm just trying to help. <laughs> but does he want your help? So is that really service to others or service to self? So all these benevolent beings that are waiting to impact your life are not going to do it without an invitation and without your permission. And as long as you think they're all hucksters and they're all deceivers and they're all out to get you, they're going to stand back and let you go alone. Or you could say, Lord, thank you. I came here with the spiritual team. Angels, I thank you that you're with me. Mom and dad, I thank you that you're with me. Whatever other ancestors that are here to support me, I thank you that you're here with me. Whoever else is out there that's helping me, I thank you that you're here to help me. And once you make contact, keep making contact. It's not meant to be a one-time event. Oh, I saw an angel. You know, if you see an angel, you're seeing it in your mind. Even if you see it out there, it's a projection of your mind's eye. Unless everybody in the room sees it, it's a projection of your mind's eye. What's his name? What's it look like? What can you remember about that experience? And then you lay down, and in your mind, you recreate that. And as you do that, you're picking up the phone. Yes. Last thing I'll tell you is they, that most of these entities speak to you telepathically, not verbally. If you expect to have a conversation like this, you're, because they're not bound by that. See, this verbal communication, think about this. Let me just throw one, one more thing at you. What's the Tower of Babel represent? The earth was one language, and they tried to build a tower whose top was in the heavens, what were they trying to do? They were trying to ascend. And what happened? God came down and confused their languages. What if he didn't confuse their languages? What if he changed their languages so that you could no longer speak to one another telepathically? What if symbolically you're being told in that story that humanity was meant to communicate knowing each other's thoughts. And if they could all access that collective mind, nothing would be impossible for them. And so God had to create the barrier of sound. And when you get in those higher dimensional realms and frequencies and densities, that barrier is not there. So they know what you're thinking. And they communicate to you by way of thought. And by the way, they don't judge you. Their job is not to judge you. Oh, you were terrible for doing that. Their job is to assist you in ascending. You did what you did 
you were doing the best that you could with what you had at the time. And in some cases, you made the only decision you could make at that time. So they're not there, oh, wow, I was really, you really screwed up. I don't know, man, this big mess. I don't know if we can fix this, but we'll try. <laughs> All right, I need to shut up. So. Did that help you today? I tried to give you something practical. If nothing else, I hope you'll open your mind and your heart to the thoughts. We believe the book, brother. You, you can't talk to those entities, but yet most of what's written in this book is somebody who met an angel. And talk to the angel. Read Zechariah. Just go home and read Zechariah. The whole entire thing is a conversation between Zechariah and an angel. And he sees all kinds of spirit beings. He sees horses. Those aren't real physical horses. They're totems. They're spirit animals. Right there in your Bible. All right. Let's stand up. I mean, we're... had a friend was having a visit from a, an angel, but it was female, so it couldn't be from God. That's that's misogyny on steroids right there. Open up your hearts. This, Lord, I did my best today to speak to your people, and I pray, Lord, that something that I said will be a blessing. And Father, I ask that you will help those that are ready and those that want to to begin to access those higher dimensional realities and frequencies and beings and entities that have come that are full of light, that are full of love, and that are there to be of service to your people. And so I pray that you'll open our eyes and help us as we're ready, but with grace and ease. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.